Well, you know, it seems like we just yeah, like only yesterday we interviewed Marilyn Yang of Papadelics, um, um, but uh, we understand that she's had uh, since then. At the time, she was just a sort of a, a, a fresh newbie startup, and now a lot has happened. So we're catching up with her again, um, uh, and it, and she's going to tell us about what's been going on with Papadelics. Uh, you're on. Uh, Marilyn, <laughs> tell yeah, us what you've again. been doing. Yeah, appreciate yeah, what, you having me on. Yeah, well, um, it's apparently you have new products, new strategies, all kinds of new things. Um, describe, first of all, what Papadelics is. So long story short, Papadelics is a crunchy mushroom chip. So we like to say that we're reimagining shiitake mushrooms for the modern snacker. So we're completely reimagining what people assume a mushroom is like. So our snacks are super crunchy in texture, I think very different than how people are used to experiencing mushrooms. Yeah, I, I love them. Um, I have our granddaughter, I mean, mushrooms are one of my most favorite things in the world anyhow. Our granddaughter, the one thing she hates is mushrooms. <laughs> but I haven't had a chance to give her any papadelics yet. Oh, we, we, also, we also can say to her, more, all the more for us to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't care if you like them or not. <laughs> yeah, we like to say, too, that uh, we know our snacks are for both mushroom lovers and mushroom doubters. Since if you blindfold, I mean, we, we do use whole shiitake mushrooms, so while they look like mushrooms, if you blindfolded someone and gave them one, they might not immediately think it's a mushroom, actually. I, I think uh -huh. a lot of people might think it's just like a crouton or maybe just like a, maybe a pretzel. So, so, why, so, why, so why mushrooms, since people won't even recognize them? Well, I've, I'm also a lifelong mushroom lover, so for oh, me it was yeah. more uh, so, so it was a bit of a no-brainer. So, so, so you don't care. This is all the more for you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think the goal is to uh, again, it's to I think mushrooms for whatever reason it is quite polarizing. I think some people love them, some people just can't stand them, and uh, yeah, I think I, I think they're, they're more um, they're more misunderstood. I, I feel like people just yeah, haven't I, had them in the right way. I think way. they're wonderful. I just can't even imagine why somebody would not like a mushroom. <laughs> I'm with you, but um, I think a big part is the texture, and I think especially with the crunchiness and really the dense crunchiness of our snacks, it gets rid of a lot of the hang-ups that people typically will have with the slimy texture. Yeah, see, I don't think of them yeah, as slimy not, at not all. even a little bit slimy. See, I even use them raw in salads. I mean, not not papadillos, but um, although I could, it would be the same thing as putting in uh, just maybe more interesting croutons, right? Yeah, exactly, actually. Um, we've heard from a lot of our customers that they like to crush them up, put them on croutons. We've even had people use them as a tempura, as a vegan substitute for sushi. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, as a kind of a crunch texture that goes onto the rice. Yeah, a lot of creative well, things people have been doing with our snacks. I mean, they're meant to be eaten just like a potato chip, but really creative uh -huh. what people have come up with. Well, you know, I mean, some of our listeners might not have heard our earlier interview, um, um, which was about six months ago or so. Um, so let's start with the basics is why mushroom snacks? Well, I'm a lifelong mushroom lover, like I was saying earlier. So it's kind of a, in some ways, a very fitting start to the company. So we started the company technically actually during COVID. We were in product development for quite a while. I started the company with 
my business and life partner, his name is Mike Casali, and we're both from finance, but always wanted to start a company, just never had the right idea, and I guess it took COVID for it to hit us. And uh-huh. he's, a mu- he's a lifelong mushroom lover as well. And so it really just happened where we were stuck in New York City in quarantine. And so the only excitement we had was going to the grocery store. And we kind of got sick of eating the same, you know, potato chips, kale chips. And we, again, because, <laughs> Especially because kale we like, chips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But because we like mushrooms, it just kind of came to us like, oh, like, I wonder if someone's made a mushroom chip yet. And so we went online to just try to find some just for us to buy and eat. And what we quickly found is what was out there was unbranded, unflavored, and unexciting, which was kind of surprising to us because there's been a lot more interest in mushrooms these days as well. Yeah, and, I was going to ask you yeah. about that. Why is it I'm all of a sudden getting so much uh, information and an opportunity with mushrooms all of a sudden? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I know some of it's tied to uh, there's been a lot more uh, not just research, but also, I guess, real-life trials related to on the psychedelic side of mushrooms. So a lot of research has been done on that side in terms of using oh, yeah. psychedelic mushrooms for mental health. Somebody just authorized it, uh, to legalize uh, the psychedelic mushrooms, right? That's right. I think Some Oregon state. has decriminalized Oregon. it. Um, they it might would be, be Oregon, would it? If yeah. not California, it would be Oregon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Although I, I'm so, sure California might not be far behind. Uh huh. And but the the very name Papadelics, um references the, the psychedelic, right? That's right. I mean, it's kind of twofold. It's um, you know our snacks are poppable, like kind of like popcorn in some ways. Yeah. But also, um, the, yeah, the, the Delix part. But interestingly, Papadelix is actually a real word as well. It means of is the likeness really? of pop stars. It was used in Billboard magazine in the 70s, interestingly. Really? So, yeah, we, we only found that out when we were, um, we actually just got trademark registered. But um, when we were first looking into whether the, the word, I guess, was available for trademark, that came up, actually. But I guess another thing related to the psychedelic end of things, I mean, our, our mission is to essentially further mushrooms of all kinds. So that includes the normal edible kinds like shiitake that we use, but also psilocybin and other psychedelic mushrooms and the research that's going into that space. Mm -hmm. Um, So a portion of proceeds goes towards the Fungal Snacks Foundation, which we actually founded at the same time as our parent company. What's it called? The Fungal Snacks Foundation. Oh, right, because that's your fungal, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So our, we set up a corporate entity, which is called Fungal Snacks. We also set up the Corresponding Foundation, which is a charitable organization we also started, and we support various causes around health and wellness. But obviously tied to our first product, um, one of the most maybe analogous causes was uh, research into the use of psychedelics to treat mental health issues, including addiction um, and other kind of disorders like anorexia. And so uh, yeah, that's where they're using it, actually, medically, isn't it? That's right, yeah. They're, they're mainly used for behavioral issues. And um, the, the first uh, kind of cause we identified was the Johns Hopkins Institute for Psychedelic and Consciousness Research. Uh, they were the first academic institution to start doing uh, at least government-acceptable mm-hmm. uh, research in this space. So they, they were kind of one of the first movers, but that was actually one of the first uh, causes we've identified. But ultimately, we'll be supporting a number of charitable causes we actually do have a partnership going on with St. Jude's uh, Research Hospital right now as well. They do um, such a good job, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. it's Did really, I tell you the last time, by the way, that um, I, when I was in college, um, I booked um, Aldous Huxley for a lecture on um, 
on psychedelic mushrooms, and he walked around with a, a pocket full of them. Oh, wow. No, yeah. you didn't. That's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know why I wouldn't have told you before, because I actually found a picture of me with him. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And, and the New, New Yorker just ran an, a, a, um, an article on his family, the whole family of the Huxleys. And they were, they were, um, they were kind of genius types in general and, and supported all kinds of um, forward-thinking causes and, and whatever. And, um, but they were, more psych- they were more scientific. And he, he was, when I met him, legally blind. I think he had some kind of a, a, a vision uh, inadequacy or, or disability most of his life. So he didn't fit into the family business of scientific observation. And, and I, I mean, obviously, you know, if, if you've read The Doors of Perception, uh, it's his experience with, um, with psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah, I have to look at that one. That's super interesting. I, I actually don't have the best eyesight either, so <laughs> maybe I'll have to try it too. I actually haven't done too much of it myself. But, um, but yeah, super interesting. And yeah, way ahead of his time, if if that was the case. Yeah, the the only thing about it was he said that um, was it ninety to ninety five percent of the visions you get on any of the psychedelic uh, substances is um, um, kind of hellish, um, not not happy. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't speak to that either. But yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting space, though, I think, anything that relates to dreams or visions or um, uh-huh. what have you. Yeah. Well, but anyhow, we're not going to have any kind of um, real psychedelic experience eating. I mean, I haven't, I've been eating a lot of them, and I, I haven't had any psychedelic experiences. You might have a flavor explosion. So maybe not, well, not yeah. a psychedelic yeah. explosion, but definitely we, we <laughs> like to say we really pack the flavor into our chips. Um, and they're all really great culinary. The flavors, flavors. are fabulous. They, uh, the flavors are absolutely fabulous. And um, it's, uh, they're also addictive. Now, I've deliberately not looked at the calorie count because I eat them by the handful. It's actually probably not as bad as you think. Um, and, you know, we, we do have our, actually speaking of new products since we spoke, um, it, it's not a new product per se, but we have come out with a new size. So we do have our single serve uh, pouches that we sent to you. And yeah. those, it, I feel like they feel like a good amount of snacks still, but even if you ate the whole bag, it's only 180 calories. She really? Does, she does eat the whole bag. <laughs> they're meant to be. They're meant to be finished in one sitting. So, <laughs> they are, believe me. Well, they're, you know, part of it is the crunch. I mean, you, you, there's a, a great mouthfeel to to this snack. Funnily enough, sweetheart, what's driving my thought process? Well, why I'm not sure, is that the guy we interviewed, who uh, dealt in wild Burgundian snails. Oh yeah. And I, wh- why, why I'm connecting that with mushrooms, I'm not sure. I don't know either. Maybe, maybe you can grow wild mushrooms in Burgundy, and that's the connection. Can you? I that's a good question. I I'm sure you can. you can. I think you can grow mushrooms anywhere. Yeah, I mean, they, we, we went to um, uh, the restaurants in the country, in, in, um, in the U.K., and, 
and it was um like all a lot of chefs i mean this chef had um, a, a huge garden where he could grow all of his own produce and stuff but unlike a lot of chefs i mean he, he added a mushroom growing section so that it was like a woodsy kind of setting uh, and with moisture and stuff and a stream and whatever and that's where he grew his mushrooms very cool. Yeah, someday we'll, uh, when we have more space and aren't just in New York City, even though there's there's a good amount of companies doing urban mushroom farming these days, actually, since all oh, you really good. need is a little greenhouse-type environment. Well, there's um, um, a, a woman-owned business um, near where we live in Pittsburgh, um, and, and, and she identifies the company as Fun Gal, and she does wild mushrooms. That's what she does. And I think she came out of the finance industry as well. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I think someone else might have mentioned her to me as well. I think we'll have to cross paths at some point, I hope. Yeah, look, the website, I think, is FunGal. Yeah, that's funny it because our, you, uh, our corporate entity yeah, is, is FunGal Snacks, Fun actually. Yeah. yeah, I know. Anyhow, um, check her out because she seems very interesting, and the mushrooms are really good. So, okay, now how many... Since last we talked, you've expanded distribution, um, expanded um, size of packaging. Uh, did you add new flavors, or what? What else is new that you want to tell us about? Yes, the same flavors, but we have upgraded our flavors. Is maybe the best way to describe it. So we are using all organic seasoning. and also starting uh, this year, all of our production will no longer be using palm oil. Um, and so we're pretty excited about those developments, although the, yeah. taste, the taste hasn't changed. So they're the same culinary-inspired flavors they've always been. And we have our mm-hmm. three flavors that are all vegan and gluten-free. Um, we have recently been non-GMO project certified as well as OU kosher certified. Oh, um, so we're pretty excited about just those kind of being official now. Um, and, and, yeah, in terms of distribution, uh, you know, when we first spoke, we were just kind of two months into launching our, our website and, and whatnot. You know, since then, we're not just available on our website. We're also available on Amazon. We're in over 200 storefronts now across the country, um, oh, notably um, Urban Outfitters, which is actually an interesting non-food uh, retailer. They're mostly a clothing retailer, although they're expanding quickly, I guess, in some alternative products, including food and snacks. And yeah, also Foxtrot Market, uh, which is a convenience store concept that's primarily in Chicago, the D.C. area, and Texas. So pretty excited about those developments. We also recently onboarded with a number of national food distributors. So I think we like to think of 2023 as the big year of retail. So hopefully people will start seeing us a lot more in retail stores and in particular in grocery stores. No, that's good. Yeah, I don't, I've been ordering so much stuff online myself anymore. I just I got into the habit with COVID. Yeah, agreed. I feel like I, I buy a lot of stuff online now too. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're. I think I think like how we like to think of it these days is you know we almost feel like being in stores is like just you know being a, almost like a billboard, right? Just being on the shelf, and you know people don't buy you on in the store. They might then see you online, and and so kind of we we like to think of ourselves as eventually wanting to be everywhere, wherever people want a snack, we're there. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good way of putting it on a billboard, yeah. Um, also, they're, they're great for, for outdoor trekking and stuff because they're, they're very light. They are, yeah. So, um, you know, you can fit uh, quite a few bags, actually, if you're going on a long hike. Um, they're, mm-hmm. 
and they're probably more interesting than your normal protein bar. So, or oh, maybe at least a good compliment. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know how people could eat those things that taste like chemicals. <laughs> I've never understood that. So, I mean, they're they're big at the gym. I know. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully, I think there's some new uh, there's some new brands of protein bars that have gotten better. But but yeah, a lot of them have that weird. Uh, I think the protein powders have this weird, distinct taste sometimes. Yeah, yeah, smoothies sometimes get that too. Yeah, definitely. What about what about morels? Why why are morels so exclusive and so expensive? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think a lot of it is um, we kind of got some insight into this now that we're, I guess, in the industry, so to speak. Sure, but sure. Our, our understanding is that the, the mushroom market or the mushroom industry in the U.S. is quite underinvested. Um, it's a lot of family-owned businesses that don't want to necessarily invest, you know, millions of dollars into the newest right, and greatest right. technology. And so because of that, uh, for whatever, and also for whatever reason, uh, there's not a lot of varieties of mushrooms being grown at scale domestically. It's pretty much you, you get your white button mushrooms, and that's, you know, 97% of mushroom production in the U.S. And so it's kind of a, an interesting, I, I think, way that the industry developed here. But because of that, I think mushrooms like morels, anything that's not a white button mushroom, are very exclusive and typically grown for essentially fine dining. And so because of that, they're very expensive and in some yeah, they cases are. rare um, now, in their raw forms. Morels, um, when I lived in the, in the Midwest, um, people would go to their graves without revealing where they found their morel patch. Yeah, I think there's that too. And, and yeah, I think part of it too is just there's no, um, I don't know if it's been institutionalized as a, as a, product that people grow so yeah right now i think they're foraged oh yeah they're always foraged yeah they're not uh, i don't think anybody grows i think i don't know somebody sells mushroom kits they may have one for morel but i'm not so sure um it's it's like it's getting sort of like the the truffle market do you see how that's heating up with people i mean they're they're gangs um attacking truffle hunters and killing the dogs and things. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is, I know. A, it is a, I, I guess, a growing industry. I mean, just with the whole mushroom craze. So I guess mush, they're only going to get more and more valuable. I guess. So, um, I mean, when, when you look to expansion, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern here where you're, you're, you're focusing a lot on expanding marketing is that, rather than product. That's right. I think for the time being, I, I think we want to really make sure that these three flavors and our first product, the crunchy mushroom chip, is really out there at scale and that everyone knows about it. Um, but ultimately, you know, we did set up, and that's why we set up our corporate entity, Fungal Snacks, is that it's not just mushrooms that you don't see in the grocery store or online. You know, there's all sorts of other, or there's more to vegetable, there's more to snacks than just potato chips or kale chips, and. And so we, we ultimately want to start producing other products using other what we call underloved ingredients. Like so, what? Um, well, I think a few examples, um, you know, eggplants maybe. Um, eggplants? Yeah, I think there's That's a lot of another, vegetables that have a lot of uh, potential. Yeah, well, you, you, you really gravitate to these controversial vegetables. I mean, I get I love eggplant, uh, but there are people who really are put off by eggplant. Even probably more than to put off by mushrooms. 
Yeah, that's right. I, I think they, you know, all these vegetables they need a redemption in the market, and so, <laughs> and I feel like the it's the the cooking. We use a special cooking process. It's called vacuum frying, and um, although frying is in the name, it's much much healthier than the name would indicate. So what it is is you're cooking in a vacuum chamber, and that allows you to cook at a lower temperature. And so although you are cooking in oil, it doesn't result in a lot of the unhealthy consequences of normal frying. Because yeah, the that palm oil has come under a lot of attack lately. I'm glad you got rid of that. Yeah, it has. I mean, I, I think, well, you know, I, I'm not an environmentalist, so I can't, uh, you know, speak directly to it. But um, our palm oil was sustainably sourced before, but I, I think it's just gotten enough controversy such that if we can just get rid of it, that just eliminates a, a hang-up that people could have. Right. So, um, anyhow, how do people get a hold of it? They go online uh, to fungalsnacks.com, and you have a store finder there. Of yes, course, so you actually, on, um, everybody yeah, goes on Amazon be, now. That's right. We are on Amazon, so you can order us on Amazon. Um, some of our products are on Prime as well. Um, and you can go to our website as well. It's P-O-P-A-D-E-L-I-C-S.com, so that's papadelics.com. And then there's a store locator on there as well. That's great. Well, I mean, I think it's it's a good product. And it's just amazing to me how many snacks. I mean, you would pick a a niche, a market niche that's like jam-packed with products, snacks. But there seems to always be room for more. something for everyone. I I think there's, I mean, the fact that there wasn't really any mushroom chips out there was a big reason why, you know, we we wanted mushroom chips and they just weren't there. So um, I I feel like there's a lot of these little pockets of of underloved veggies. And I think part of it, too, is kind of, I think our goal, too, with developing the product is coming up with a better-for-you snack that actually tasted good. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of, um, you know, health foods that if you had the choice, you would probably still go for the unhealthy version of it. Um, but for us, we wanted it to be, you know, if you were between, you know, the traditional oily potato chip and our mushroom chips, you might actually still pick the mushroom chips because they're just yeah. as tasty. Oh, yeah, I love them. But I really do love greasy potato chips. <laughs> yeah, I do too. So <laughs> sometimes it's a hard choice, but I think we want to make it easier. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think you you filled a, a, a highly competitive niche there. I mean, I uh, I don't know if, if given the choice, I might just go for your papadelic and chips. No, no. Here's a tough here's a tough question. What do you drink with papadelics? We're always on the hunt for uh, you know product partnerships with good drinks. So. Um, <laughs> But actually, there's been some, uh, you know, I think being in the industry now, we've met a lot of really cool other entrepreneurs in the space uh, making really innovative drink products. Um, I guess shout out to Percy. I don't know if you've heard of it yet, but it's a, essentially it's a better for you soda, actually. Oh, yeah. So, you know, instead of having your unhealthy soda and chips, you can now have your healthier soda and chips with our snacks and Perfy. So that's P-E-R-F-Y. Um, they kind of make uh, better-for-you twists on traditional soda. So they have, for example, oh, really? a, a Dr. Pepper spin um, oh, yeah. and, and a lot of other interesting uh, flavors. But, yeah, I think huge shout-out to them. And, um, yeah, a lot of other, uh, I think, innovative uh, drinks out there as well that maybe aren't the most uh, straightforward fit with Papadelics, but I think I've had some really good plant-based milks recently as well. We, 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 interviewed, some, we interviewed someone. What was his name? Tractors? Tractors lobby? 
tractor uh, beverage. Tractor beverage. They're along the lines that you're describing. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess it's a good moment uh, for you with um, people getting more away from just straight, pure alcoholic drinks to more creative um, opportunities in beverage. That's expanding, too. Yeah, Everything's expanding. I just wonder where, where we'll end up. Yeah, I think people are just looking, um, I guess, for even more personalized options in some ways, I guess, and people have a, a, maybe a broader range of desires and tastes these days. Right. Well, I'm glad that we got caught up so I know where you're going because I've been an admirer of, of, of your guts, if a gutsy approach, <laughs> anybody would try to set up a, a an empire on um, crispy dried mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, our goal and, is to make mushrooms uh, prevalent everywhere. So it, uh, you know, the the goal is that eventually it's not weird <laughs> for for there to right. be mushroom chips everywhere. And I think we're getting there. I think, um, you know, the biggest thing is just to get people to try it. Well, we, we've tried it, and we like it, and I'm glad to hear that you're expanding and doing well. Um, again, we're talking to uh, Marilyn Yang, and the company of listeners is Papadelics, and check it out. It's good-tasting stuff, and I'm glad to hear there aren't that many calories in it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, and we're pretty yeah, excited, too. You. It's going to be a big re- year of retail. Good. <laughs> I'm all for it. Thank you again for talking to us, Marilyn. Yeah, appreciate it. Hopefully the next time we speak, we'll have even more updates. Good. Let us know. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Yeah, so we're talking to DJ Rasich, and um, he has, I wanted to clarify with you, DJ, your company, I have two different um, terms for it. One is Deep Love, and the other one is Deep Water USA, which is what? Yeah, the Deep Water USA is the actual company, Okay. and the Deep Love is the brand which is the head brand. So we have the head brand of Deep Love, and then we have the sub-brands, which are, you know, the beverages, which we can discuss them down the road. But uh, Deep Love is the brand name. Okay. Well, what else does Deep Love make? Well, Deep Love makes right now mainly floral lemonades, and uh, we have three flavors. And uh, these flavors, uh, they uh, have the sub-brand name just to, you know, kind of give it a little extra kick. And it's one is Deep Rose. We have a second one, which is Deep Elder. And the last one is Deep Walled. What does the other company make? The Deep Water USA. What is that company? That company owns Deep Love. So Deep Love is just a brand. It's the brand name that we have. And the Deep Water USA is the company that owns Deep Love. Or it's basically the company name, yeah. 
Right, and where, where, where is the company based? You, you said before, Miami. before we came on the air, you, you, you were now on the West Coast just visiting. But, but yeah. home, ba- home it, base is Miami? Yeah, it is Miami, yeah. Okay, well, now, um, it, it seems to me that um, it was serendipitous for you to come up with this. Describe how you came up with this company and, and what, what led you to develop this product? Well, it's, uh, you know, I uh, love to travel and I love to take my family uh, all over the world. My background is international. Uh, I am ethnically Middle Eastern, grew up in Germany, and then came to the U.S. Uh, to study and, and get my degrees in business finance. So for many years, as time passes, I was uh, preoccupied with family, of course, and then with my investments, which were mostly in the financial sector. However, from young on, I was very entrepreneurial. I wanted to make an actual product rather than uh, shoveling money around and trying to make money out of that. So there was always this, this idea of you know, some import, export, some manufacturing to make something. And it happened to be a few years ago seven, eight years ago, I traveled, you know, to Istanbul in Turkey. And I went and visited the famous Hagia Sophia, which is an absolute monstrosity of building. It is, it's a, it's a phenomenal building. Anybody should really go and look at that, <laughs> which huge. was built, you know, but yeah, it, it was built in the seventh century by Justinian. It uh, was part of the Eastern Roman Empire. And uh, just to bring it in, I have a master's degree in in history, ancient, Near East, and modern European. So I have enormous interest for these uh, structures. So I go over there, and I sit at a little gift store, and uh, I tried this lemonade, and, and I tried this drink, and it was rose water infused. And uh, as I was trying this out, I say, this is really something very pleasurable. It is very unique. It is something that I've, uh, uh, it's part of the Middle Eastern culture to use rose water for ingredients, for food, for beverages. And I knew about that. And then I started, when I got back to the U.S., I started researching more and about the company that was making the drink. And I found out that that peculiar drink, um, they went back and traced what the ancient sultans used to drink. And they tried to reformulate it and and, uh, bring this product out there into the market. And then I started researching and I said, okay, it's a fantastic drink, but there are problems with the drink. It is number one. It has to be, you know, uh, changed to American based and we have to also do the branding and the marketing and the packaging. All of that has to be changed. You can't just, you know, let's say, talk to the company in Turkey and say, let's import your product and let's, uh, you know, sell it. It's not going to do well. So as more I researched, I decided, I said, let's do this. Let's, you know, create a beverage company and let's connect that to my background, which has a lot to do with history and traveling, and bring these ancient uh, tastes and floral elements especially 
to the modern world. Let's make beverages. And the influences by, you know, let's start out with floral elements and let's make beverages that have those elements. And I started, you know, talking to a lab, uh, to a lab and we kept on, you know, researching and going back and forth and, and, and trying to get the formula right. And at the end, you know, we made a lot of changes. We created a totally new beverage that has uh, a lot of health aspects into it. But I don't want to, you know, uh, yeah, the health aspects being I wanted to make a beverage that ha is low in calories, it has 50 calories and less, and that has all natural ingredients, that has real rose extracts in it. Because a lot of beverages, you know, they call it certain names, but the actual ingredient is not there. So we wanted to introduce the actual ingredients into the beverage, and we finalized the formula. Then came the idea, well, how are we going to sell this product? How is it going to be branded? Because if it's out on the shelves, people walk by, they're not going to buy it. So researching further and going through a lot of ups and downs with the manufacturing and the bottling part and everything, the result is what you see now on our website, which is straightforwarddrinkdeeplove.com. And uh, what, what came out of this product is ultimately what you see today. It is a product that is uh, unique in its taste, very floral. It is, um, the coloring is beautiful, especially on the deep rose, which is the rose-flavored lemonade. When you pour it into a flute, it, the pink color comes out. It is the design a very sleek bottle, glass bottle with a, a metal cap on it. And all of this is fantastic. I believe it's a fantastic product. It tastes very well. But how am I going to get the consumer basically to buy it? And the idea was basically, okay, we, we are dealing here with floral elements. Uh, we're dealing with an all-natural product, 50 calories, etc., etc. But we need to combine all of this with love. Because floral elements, especially our first flavor, deep rose, has everything to do with love. It's all about love. Love comes in many ways. Love with your family, love with your partner, love with so many directions. And roses and floral elements totally belong, are part of that. And so I wanted to combine that, and, I, and this is why the word deep love comes in. This is the head brand. And it is deep love, and I created a slogan which is basically ever wondered what love tastes like. And this slogan is what is printed on the trays, printed on our bottles. This is our slogan for our product. And this is what actually, you know, draws the consumer to the product because it's asking a question. So once the consumer goes to the product, they taste it, and they like it. Because we've been now, around three, four years, we started out with the actual sales and we put it out in the stores, and we noticed that there was a really good reception. And I heard from a lot of companies and a lot of people that the product is selling very well. And very quickly, we were able to land some anchor stores. I'm not sure if I can name any company, but these are large national specialty food chains. And I heard very positive feedback. So we were able to very quickly add a lot of specialty stores throughout the country. We got a lot a lot of demand, a lot of interest for the product. And of course, then COVID hit, and we didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, it didn't hurt us as much. We started growing further. 
But with this process, when you're trying to add a lot of anchor stores, the big companies, there's a long process until you actually get onto their shelves. It can take one to two years. So we noticed the effect of, of COVID really last year because a lot of these companies, they make the decision once a year, and due to COVID, they really didn't want to take new brands on. And so, but since it takes one to two years before you get into the shelves, so the effect of COVID really hit us last year, where we noticed it was very hard to really get larger anchor stores interested in our product. But we are noticing this year that it's starting to, to pick up a lot more. We have a lot more interest. And just to jump back, you know, our first flavor was Deep Rose. This is how the entire story started. And now we have two more flavors, which we can discuss in a little bit down the road. But I think I covered pretty much in a lot of detail of how the product came apart, uh, came by, yeah. Well, I mean, are you promoting it primarily in terms of um, function or taste or, or a health it, benefit or what? It's a product that, you know, we believe has a lot of positives and a lot of uh, ways to promote. The main promotion is really the love part. It is, it is a beverage that you really, it's a life experience. It's a functional. Functional beverages also have an aspect, not only the health aspect, but they have the aspect of a general well-being. So part of a general mental health being is when you sit with your friends and your children or whoever, loved ones, and you, you open my, our beverages and you enjoy it with your family and then you, you take a moment and you zip in that brand, a beverage. So it's not a beverage that you just like, you know, like drink it in two seconds and it's done. No, it's part of, you know, the lifestyle. It's kind of like a lifestyle beverage that is combined with the love aspect and the side effects of the beverages, of course, because it has, you know, the, the, the floral extracts in it that it has health benefits. We, we, we know about rose extracts, elderflower extracts. You know, they have a lot of antioxidants. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, well, of course, the rose, I mean, any time you're cooking Middle Eastern food, you, you go and you buy rose water. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, it, it, so it has the benefits. But, you know, as I said, everything is part of marketing, part of, you know, how is the consumer reacting. Exactly. Um, and, and you don't want to, you know, and, and, and the love aspect is where we really see a, a very positive response to it. And, and this is the direction we are going on the main, main point. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I think you do well doing um, uh, seminars on uh, how to market entrepreneurial products <laughs> well you do that <laughs> I think you know I am my background is really I'm, I'm very you know I think it's maybe part the upbringing in Germany and and there's a you know as we can if you want to be stereotypical there's a certain nature of being very uh, straightforward and very correct and very detail-oriented and and my background is in that organizational part, and I could literally, so uh, yes, I mean, the beverage, you know, I've never had dealt with beverages. I was never in that industry. I had literally no clue what I started, but I'm a quick learner, and I, I, I watch the numbers, and, uh, you know, I think I'm doing pretty well with the company, so. <laughs> you started to say something, Peter. 
I, did I start to say something I, I, meant, I meant to? We, we talked with someone just, just a few weeks ago who, who had a, a line of beverages, not, not the same as deep love, but, but they, they felt like their position in the marketplace was to attack the, the, the base of drinks that most Americans drink, which, which is carbonate, one carbonated and yeah. two ultra-sweet. And yeah, they, they, yeah. They, 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 saw, they saw a place in the, in the middle of the market, if you like, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. had the characteristics that you're describing for your product. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, things develop. And, uh, you know, plans for the future are because the, the brand is doing very well and the idea is doing very well, uh, we are planning to enter separate markets. I mean, we have, you know, the beverage right now, it's a premium beverage. It comes in a glass bottle. It has the, the, the metal cap on it. It's expensive to make and, and very hard to make, and especially shipping. I mean, shipping is really oh, the yeah, one right. thing that is almost killing us right now because these are very heavy items you know, to right. ship the empty bottles through, across the country and then have them bottled in, you know, we're bottling in Utah and having a pallet that weighs 1,700 pounds go to the, let's say, East Coast, it is just a killer. And so, in um, plus... And countering breakage, I mean, you, you insulate these yeah. very well. I mean, very yeah. fully, yeah. Exactly. And so you have all these difficulties and the specialty market is a very limited market. I mean, it's not many, you know, people go to a specialty store because at the prices, they are generally expensive. But for us and for me, it's a perfect point entry point to get the product out, to get the, the, the branding out and to see how the reaction is. Of course, we have plans down the road to enter the, the canned version of this the what? beverage at a, to in a can, in a can. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, aluminum can. So that, that won't have the same attraction, though, because, I mean, half the attraction is the color. Of course. I mean, everything, but then you're, you're hitting a totally different market segment. You mm -hmm. see, you're going to the mass markets, and when you go to the mass markets, you know, it's, and I cannot sell, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a, a general store a beverage for three ninety nine so easily. I mean, I can sell it in these high-end specialty stores. There's no problem. But if you want to go to the mass supermarkets, it's going to become very hard to, to sell it for three ninety nine. But if you can get it in a canned version, and we believe the branding is really what is attracting the people. And once they get the branding, uh, you know, and you're offering it, let's say, at one ninety nine at a different version, it's going to attract a much larger crowd. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, to, 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 uh, to compare that to, let's say, sugar and healthy food. Uh, you know, the entire country or everybody is promote lifestyle, healthy food, low sugar. But when you look at the market share, low sugar drink are basically, it's almost like a joke. It's such a slim number. Is that everybody true? is drinking. Yeah, really? the majority. I mean, well, when you look at, you know, what is selling Coca-Cola, well, if I can mention these companies, but we all know the companies. If, when you look at their, uh, their beverages, you know, they have 100, 120, 150 uh, calories in it. You know, yeah. and when you look at uh, some large, large uh, uh, coffee retailers out there in chains, and we know that company, when you look at what people order there, it's all highly sugared with high calories. That's 
that's where the masses basically go. Now, what about this? You have to be helped by this non-alcoholic movement, the temperance movement. Yeah. Yeah. This is... Yeah, this is why the beverage, again, you know, the beverage has a lot of advantages, actually, besides, you know, the sleek design, the taste, and, and, and the love aspect of it, and the antioxidants and everything. In, it, 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 it comes to that experience again, you know, because the beverage is so unique. Uh, when, when you sit at a counter, let's say the bar or restaurant or wherever, this is a beverage that literally when you, when you put it on the counter, especially when you lit it up because the colors really, the pink color comes out beautifully, and you pour it into a flute or into a cocktail glass and you smell it and you see the colors, it is a beverage that could be very nicely had in a bar and enjoy the, the, the cocktail aspect without alcohol in it. So it would, it, it's perfect, actually, for that. Right. Now, you, are you, you, you pick probably one of the tightest niches in the specialty food. Um, I guess maybe um, snacks would be worse. But, um, yeah. The, yeah, but I mean, beverages, it's so densely crowded, that, that niche in specialty products, food. I well, mean, the competition it, you is know, huge. No, I mean, I, you know, of course, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough market. It's, it's crazy to enter the market. But as I said, you know, I'm very entrepreneurial. I, I don't give up. I keep on poking and I keep on trying. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and sometimes life happens to happen the way it happens. I mean, I run into the place in Istanbul. I really love the idea. And first, you don't think about, you know, how tight and how hard that market segment is. You just first, you become emotionally involved into this product. And <laughs> once you become emotionally involved and you're a part in it, you know, there's no way I'm going to give up. You see, <laughs> it's, that's it. You're funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know. No, no I mean, how, how does the industry accept you i mean are, are you welcome in this uh, densely um crowded niche market of, of beverages i think i'm doing pretty well i mean we're in almost 800 stores uh, we we've had a lot of interest overseas you know just to give an example we had a very large chain which is quite because i believe the drink you know, going back to the Middle East now as an American version would do phenomenal. And I had a very large chain in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, and all those countries actually ordering the product. Yeah, that'd be unfortunate. Well, unfortunately, what happened is that uh, they're really fighting obesity in those countries now. And the government is really going against sugar. So any drink that has any, any sugar, gets a 50% tax on top of the final retail price. What? So basically, I've never the, heard that. Yes. Yes, it started around a couple of years ago, and it's in Saudi Arabia and the Emirates. And those countries, they introduced that, and that basically killed my beverage. So that's oh. why I am planning to come out with a different version that is, you know, uh, where I can avoid the sugar. But, um, yeah, I had interest overseas. I have enormous interest in, in Latin America. But again, there's a price issue. It's, it's, it's yeah, a high price product. Which of, yeah, I mean, Latin America, you know, the average income there is, is limited yeah, and yeah. there is a high, it, it's just not the market there. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even in the U.S., the market is very limited. 
I mean, people have this idea. When I started in this business, I thought, you know, selling tons of this product, a certain amount was just expected, but actually you're very happy with, you know, the numbers are lower than what I thought at the beginning, what is possible out there with these kind of products. Mostly, you know, when you go to a supermarket, it's really, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a very low percentage that does a vast majority of business. Of, of, uh, and and there are most schools that are in a supermarket, are do, they do very low, but a lot of it in specialty stores you do because you have that client that specifically comes to, to buy our product in that store right. and hopefully they'll buy other things. That's the, the idea behind it. This is why we have specialty stores. They're not a, a chain, right. a major chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you also do, you have a charitable um, uh, activities, initiatives. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, supporting my background again. I was born in Afghanistan, and uh, you were left born where? Was, uh, in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And okay. yeah, and then uh, my family moved in the sixties. Wait, I can't. I'm uh, losing you. I'm losing your sound. Hmm. Can you talk? Can you hear me? You speak directly Hello? into. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, in the 60s, my, my family moved to Germany, and I was, you know, and then I grew up there. And uh, so I have a certain interest for the country, of course. And so what I'm doing is I'm helping uh, uh, girls' education or children's education in Afghanistan. And, and uh, the company Holy. is supporting. <laughs> Holy Moses, that, that is a job. Hello? Well, it's, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, now. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, you, yeah, you tackled and, and, a big problem there. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm not, you know, engaged on a daily basis, but I'm supporting an organization that, you know, has connections and direct contacts there and, and specifically sponsoring children. So uh, this is, this is the, 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 the charitable part of the company and, and, and uh, what I like to do, yeah. Well, that's good. That's you'd be, yeah. So, um, like, what what direction are you going to head in? You already said you're going to probably do more accessible packaging. Um, yeah. Are you going to do more flavors or what? It's um, right now. The goal is, you know, if uh, I can say, as I say, the canned version. However, I can't do that until I, there, there are plans to, you know, uh, yeah, the canned version is really the main uh, planning here. And I do, uh, I'm working on a coffee line, actually. Coffee? So, which, yeah, which should come out soon. There, there are certain reasons why I do the coffee. I don't want to, you know, go into too much detail on that. But right. and it's going to have the same uh, the same uh, ideas behind it again, the same slogan, marketing, the packaging. And it's going to be rose-infused. One of it is going to be rose-infused. I'm planning to bring one out with German chocolate, you know, and, and I'm... Oh, right, roses right and chocolate, yeah, great. Yeah, so, well, you know, this, I, this I, is what's, what I'm working on this year. Yeah, um, well, and I think you caught on an idea here, and, and that's great, and you, you seem raring to go. Uh, what, the, the best way for people to get this product, um, do you have a store locator on, online? 
No, it's not a store locator. I don't know. Can I mention like companies that would be, you know, the easiest sure. uh, to do? Can I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, it's uh, on the East Coast, the main chain, uh, specialty chain we are in is the Fresh Market. So okay. that's anywhere from like Chicago up to the Northeast, down to Florida, Georgia. So that's the area where... You know, if you want to get the product and you, you, you go to the specialty stores, that's the, the, the one big chain that you can go to. Then we have, in, uh, uh, we have in the Rocky Mountain region, we have Whole Foods, but that's mainly in the Rocky Mountains area. We have uh, Central Market around the Dallas, Houston area. We, we are very heavily uh, in the Northeast. New York, Boston, Connecticut, and so I can't specifically tell you what stores. There are a lot of them. They're all small independent stores. Uh, mm -hmm. You would have to just check. I mean, they're usually specialty uh, farmers markets, uh, specialty stores. They uh, we are heavily in those areas. We are also in the Chicago area, such as Pete Fresh Market, Westland, and there's um, yeah. Uh, those are the ones there, and and uh, that I would say were you know fresh market whole foods everybody knows right away in those specific markets that I mentioned. And we are planning to move now to the west coast more. Yeah, we've been doing business on the east coast. The west coast is not covered much, and uh, we are having a big show next week. It's called Expo West in Anaheim. I believe it's one of the largest or maybe the largest food and beverage show. And we are going to exhibit there. Uh, so anybody that listens, you know, it's our booth number is N1251. And it starts on Wednesday till Friday. So we hope that uh, during that show, we can, we can grab some good contacts here on the West Coast and get going again. Well, I wish you a continuing uh, expansion. Uh, um, um, Welcome your flow of ideas, of which you you seem <laughs> to to be really generating a, a top speed here, and uh, continue to grow. Um, we're very happy to have met you and be able to talk to you, and, uh, and enjoy the, the 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 beauty of the, your um, your product. I mean, it it is a beautiful product, so that has its own appeal. Well, yeah, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, it was great talking to you and, and understanding what's going on. And um, keep up the good work. Let, me, let us know if you have any major development you want to spread the word about. Thank you for giving, and giving me an opportunity to, to present my company today. Thank you. Thank you, DJ. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.